You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to episode number 44 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Social Report, which is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's a tool of choice for our clients and for our students in the Savvy Social School. You can check them out, try them out for 30 days for free by going to socialreport.com or clicking the link in the show notes. Now, we have a really interesting conversation today with Jamie Palmer, but before I get into that, I do want to remind you to sign up for the free social media success framework. It is a free course that goes through my strategy for social media marketing, and it is a foundation of everything we do inside of the Savvy Social School. So you can check it out for free by going to onlinedrea.com slash free. Now, on today's episode, I'm interviewing Jamie Palmer, who is a digital business strategist and coach who's recognized for in-depth understanding and use of specialized digital marketing methods. She's a smart cookie. I'm really excited to just dive right into this episode. So let's get to it. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you, Andrea? So excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on today's episode because I'm always interested in talking with other marketers and picking their brains and learning about everything that they do. Um, But let's like rewind and go all the way back to the beginning with how you started your business because I believe you started it as a web design company, correct? Correct. Yep. I started my business as a web design company in college, my senior year of college. Um, I was trying to find a job and the only jobs that I could find were like $15 an hour jobs, getting coffee, making copies. And I had zero interest in doing that. And so I was just like, Hey, let me just give this a try. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that. So when you started with web design, did you um, have like a a design background or that was just like, hey, let's give it a shot kind of thing? Um, So I was working in my aunt's embroidery factory at the time and I was doing a little bit of graphic design work there um, as part of my role in in her organization. And so it was just kind of a natural fit. So I ended up taking a couple of classes at school for that. And then, you know, this was back when like WordPress wasn't really even a thing. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I I learned, I actually learned WordPress. I learned how to code. um, And so I would take those designs and we would make them into websites, like really ugly websites now that I look back at them. But they were, (laughs) those were what websites looked like back in the day. Oh, yeah. The OG websites. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so when you started in web design, who were your first like customers or clients? Yeah. So my business was very much locally based when I first started my business. And so I would just go to networking events at the chamber. I eventually joined a BNI and yeah, we, I grew really, really quickly. Um, so we worked with daycares, um, restaurants, you know, anybody who had a local business that was trying to get found online. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that really makes sense too, because um, back then too, it was like nobody knew how to do this. So anyone who right. knew how to do it was a commodity for sure. Right, and it was it was like the total wild, wild west too, because it was so easy back then to get ranked in Google with SEO, and like I distinctly remember this one particular um, client who was like, I bought this website because I wanted it to help me sell online and we logged into the back of her website and I'm like, I don't remember her name, but I was like, Hey person, like you've had 34 people fill out your online form. Have you messaged them? And they were like, no. And I'm like, what? Like you've had 34 people who want to like buy from you, (laughs) who want to talk to you. You have to call them back. I can't do that for you. Like we can only bring you so far. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's, it's kind of like an evolution of how people do business, right? Like, it's not, um, you know, waiting for people to walk by your storefront. Your website is your storefront. Right. Well, it was so funny. She's like, well, they didn't call me. And I'm like, but they sent you an email saying they want to talk to you. Like, that's, (laughs) that's an invitation to say, hey, give me a call. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They're raising their hands. You got to reach out to them. So what are some of the challenges that you ran into? And um, I'm guessing some of those challenges helped you transition from just a web design company to uh, more of a marketing company. Yeah. So the sales thing was one of the challenges that we, <laughs> we faced um, or I faced cause it was just me at the time um, for sure. But as you know, I spent a ton of time networking and then doing the deliverables for the website and then networking again at night and then, meeting with people and I just, I felt like super overwhelmed and the business was at around $100,000 a year and I was just like, I can't live like this anymore. And um, it was kind of around the time how I was staying in touch with a lot of my clients was leveraging my personal Facebook. And I was like, well, like we could totally do this for businesses. And this was before like business pages were even a thing, right? Like this is way back when. And I was like, all right, well, how can I like position myself as an expert at this? So I went back to school in 2009 and got a master's degree in leadership and information technology. And I took what I knew about social behavior and what I had been doing, staying in touch with people and getting those people to come back and buy a brochure or another website or refer me to somebody else tied with what we learned, I learned, we, I learned at school and we really just kind of transitioned everything um, into that online space because I just personally could not do the thing where I got up, went to BNI, did the one-on-ones all day long, did the deliverables, networked at night, followed up with like, I just couldn't keep up with that anymore. And I was like, I felt like a slave to my business. And that's not why I started the business in the first place. And so I knew it was time for a change. And I revamped all my programs. We, or I at the time doubled all the pricing and just like, things kind of took off because we really just, and it was a we at that point, I hired an assistant to help me. And we were like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to double down on the online world. And that's really 2012, 2013 timeframe where people were really realizing like, hey, I can use social media to get clients online. And so I like to say when it comes to building your online 
business is all about building an ecosystem, right? Social media is just one piece of building that bigger online ecosystem. So whether it's a funnel that you're sending people to or a website or all that sort of stuff, it's all intertwined. Yeah, I love that. And I that's that's around the time where I started wanting to work in social media as well. It was like 2012, 2013. I was working in corporate and I was like, I want to do social media. And my colleagues at the time were like, that's not a job. That's for fun. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so it was yep. definitely um, like buzzing at that time. And so what are some of the, the strategies that you work with your clients with on social media? Like what are some of the things that are working now when it comes to social media? Because you mentioned getting started on Facebook and Facebook's an entirely different platform than it was in 2012. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what are you doing now and today to kind of leverage a lot of these platforms for your clients? Yeah. So I, I, first and foremost, I think consistency is one of the most underlooked things when it comes to the online space. I think Um, especially Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I think people underestimate the power of consistency because if you don't have that consistency and people look at what you're doing and you have, you've posted sporadically, that is not like from a subconscious perspective, that is not a good start to a relationship with somebody. So subconsciously you're saying to your potential client, Hey, I'm inconsistent. Um, and you know, oftentimes people will say, well, I don't want to just post to post, but it's like, it's not necessarily about posting to post. It's about determining what is that value driven content that you can feed those people consistently to usher them along on that client journey. So consistency, I think is one thing that is a strategy that's totally underlooked. (laughs) Um, And I really truly believe in that. But I think right now, like it from a what's trending perspective in social media, um, Video. (laughs) Video is huge. I think we see a lot of clients, especially clients in the, you know, 20, if their ideal client is 25 to 45, Instagram stories and Instagram ads are working really, really well for them. Um, I still get a ton of my business off of LinkedIn. Um, I think that that's just the nature of what I do. It's a natural fit for my business. Um, but yeah, I think Instagram stories for sure. I don't think YouTube's going anywhere. And in fact, I actually think people are starting to appreciate more passive forms of social media where it's not necessarily so like in your face. Um, so people can kind of go on YouTube and browse around. So I definitely think that if you haven't considered YouTube, it's time to start considering that and considering some sort of video strategy when it comes to video or audio strategy when it comes to your business. Like for us, I started my podcast in 2018 and it probably is one of the primary ways in which we A, drive content, but B, also attracts new clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally on board with that. I got my start on YouTube and I've uh, kind of hit pause on that for a while, but I miss it so much. I love creating video. Um, I want to highlight a few things that you said. Um, The first thing is the consistency thing and the value-driven content. So can we talk a little bit more about what a content strategy looks like and if there's a business owner who's starting out today, uh, what they should be focusing on? 
Yeah. So I love thinking of content in, in two forms. So there's macro content, which is longer form content, videos, podcasts, long form blogs, long form emails, um, Facebook lives, that sort of stuff. That's macro content. Okay. And then I like to look at micro content and micro content are like social media posts. They have a shorter lifespan. Um, their lifespans like days versus the other stuff could be weeks or months or years, you can see a return on that sort of content. And when you first get started with any sort of content strategy, I highly recommend that as the business owner, if you are just getting started, do not try and do every platform. Okay. Right. Pick two that you know your ideal client is hanging out on and then embrace this strategy. And oftentimes I'll tell people to stop posting for two weeks. I'm, I, I always have to give them permission. So if you're listening, I give you permission to stop posting for two weeks and create that macro content. Because as the business owner, you can delegate micro content. You can delegate social media. You can delegate tweets. You can delegate Instagram stories for the most part. You cannot delegate video and you cannot delegate audios, right? So figure out what is some content that you can create? I always say two to four videos when you first start, right? Create two to four videos or two to four audios when you start. Um, some of my clients really like to write, which is why I bring up the writing. So if you're a writer, create two to four long form pieces. Once you have those pieces in place, we're going to stick with video and audio for purposes of this strategy. Um, go get those transcribed, okay? Go get those transcribed. And then from there, you can literally use that to pull all of your micro content. Because if you create a 10-minute video, that 10-minute video, depending upon how fast you speak, <laughs> will roughly result in five to seven pages. You heard that right. Five to seven pages of content. So when you have those five to seven pages of content, you can then start to create your social media. And when it comes to creating micro content for social media, I like to think of things in terms of buckets, okay? So Motivation Monday, Testimonial Tuesday, Value Driven Wednesday, Call to Action Thursday, whatever those might be. And I'm just using those as examples. But when you do that, it's very easy to go ahead and be like, all right, my... I need four Motivation Monday quotes from these 20 pages of content that I have. One, two, three, four. I can pull those very easily and that will give you content for the next 30 days. You do the same thing for Testimonial Tuesday. Like where can I pull these testimonials? And I'm just, you're not going to pull testimonials necessarily from your videos unless you were referring to a client in that video, but like value-driven you know, Wednesday, you go ahead and you pull value out of that content that you've created to fill in the content for social media. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, this is exactly what I teach to you. So obviously, I want to highlight it, but it's so important to have that strategy so you're not spinning your wheels. And where I see some business owners get stuck is they start with the micro content. They start yes. with like, what do I post on Facebook today? Or what should I share to Instagram? And that's, <laughs> it's backwards. 4 p.m. What am I going to post? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And we've all had those moments. But when you start with that macro content and then you give yourself, I call them the pillars of content, you call them buckets, when you give them those buckets, then you're cutting back on that decision making process. Like, what do I post today? Because you've already got it outlined. You're making it way easier for yourself. So yeah, I love yep. that. I love yeah. that. Um, okay. So 
There's two different specific platforms you mentioned earlier that I want to kind of tune into because I think, um, and at least with my audience, they've been on Facebook for a long time, maybe getting a little bit tired of the um, lack of um, reach and engagement and that sort of thing. So LinkedIn is something I've been teaching a lot lately for, especially if you're B2B. Um, But even if you educate um, in the form of a podcast or a YouTube video or something like that, um, LinkedIn still can be a really great platform to Mm -hmm. kind of leverage that. So what what are some of the strategies that you're using or maybe just one strategy you're seeing on LinkedIn right now that's really working and how can we leverage that to grow our businesses? Yeah. So two strategies that are working well for me on LinkedIn is articles. So taking and writing articles for that, which are generally repurposed podcasts in my case, (laughs) um, which are also email newsletters um, and putting those on there and making sure they're SEOed properly. That generally drives more traffic to whatever it is that we're promoting. Um, and personal reach out. So, you know, making sure that in your title on LinkedIn, you've got like your title that's SEO'd so that people can find you, number one. But number two, actually taking the time to do research on LinkedIn and send personal messages to people who might be your ideal client. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I love, love, love that. And the it's all happening in the DMs on LinkedIn. And if you do it right and not in a way that's spammy, but in a way, like you said, that's personalized, it can be very, very valuable. Um, okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is YouTube. Um, so I mentioned I got my start on YouTube, but that was back in 2007. That's another platform that has changed drastically since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's one or two things you're seeing working right now on YouTube? Asking this totally selfishly because I want to restart my YouTube strategy right now. Just my podcasts are going there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tell us uh, some of the se- things that you're seeing on YouTube right now. Yeah, so YouTube... Um consistency for sure. (laughs) Once a week videos that are, um, we use Google keyword finder to figure out what we should actually be creating videos on and what's being searched. So then we, we then we do the research to figure out what videos our audiences are actually searching for. And then from there, we then, um, we create videos that are in alignment with that, which helps drive traffic. And I think the thing that people totally underestimate on YouTube is like the power of the description and making sure you have the call to action at the end to actually drive traffic into your funnel or your ecosystem or wherever you want to drive people to. So whatever freebie you might have or whatever that that is for you, whatever that next step in that client journey is for you. I think all too often people are like, I'm just going to post this video and they don't think about the details that need to come together to make that truly a success. So what will happen is they'll push out content, but they're not pulling people back into their funnel, right? Or they're not having people take that next step of action to get them into their email list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You've got to have a next actionable thing for people to do. Because what I find is if we don't spell it out very clearly, we go, well, that's nice. And we move on to the next video. (laughs) So you've got to be very clear about it. Love, love, love that tip. Very, very good Um, for anything, not just for YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, cool. Thanks, Jamie. Um, So what's next in the books for you? How can we find you and connect with you online? Yeah. So my company is Outlier Marketing Group and you can find me at Outlier MKTG on Facebook, Instagram, 
LinkedIn. Um, you can also find us on iTunes and Google at the OMG show with Jamie Palmer. And yeah, that's how you can find us. Awesome. Thanks so much. I'll put links to everything you talked about in the show notes and uh, thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.